Today I want to talk to you about how do you forgive others? How do you forgive others? There was a soldier, he was overseas and protecting the, the country and he, as he was overseas for several months, he received a letter from his girlfriend. And obviously he was excited to get this letter from his girlfriend and he opened up the letter with excitement and began to read and uh, the letter read, I am breaking up with you. It is over. I am now engaged. Can you send me back the picture I gave you before you left so that I can use it for my bridal announcement? He was angry. He was upset. He could not believe that she would do this to him. Bitterness began to grow. Resentment began to grow in his heart. He, he finally shared it with his platoon, sold the other platoon uh, soldiers and those, those in his platoon. And he began to share with those men about what happened. And he started to talk to the, those guys and began to say, listen, let me tell you what my girlfriend did to me. And she broke up with me. And he was just bitter and angry. And all the guys said, you know what? Just take pictures of our girlfriends. And he got pictures of the whole platoon, all of their girlfriends. And he, he put it in a box with her picture in it. And he sent back her picture with all those other girls and he wrote a note. And he said, please remove your picture out the box and send the others back. For the life of me, I can't remember which one you are. <laughs> we love revenge. <laughs> we love to hold a grudge. <laughs> we love to get even. But we need to forgive. And I want to show you why we need to forgive. I want to take you back to the opening text last week as well in Matthew chapter 18 and continue teaching from this text today in verse number 21 and 22. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then what transpires next, Jesus tells them a story. He tells Peter a parable about a king who was settling his accounts with his servants. And it says that one of the men who owed the king money, he actually owed him about 10,000 bags of gold. And as he was standing before the king, he did not have the money to pay back the king. And, and the king was going to take his wife, his children, and sell all of, his, all of his possessions and take them so that he could have the money because the man did not have enough money to repay him everything. So he was going to take what he could get. And the man fell to his knees knowing he was going to lose everything he began to beg the king please give me some more time give me some more time and the king decided to forgive the man he canceled his debt he sent him out and the man was free from all of that debt and when that man got free he went out in the streets and he found a man who owed him a little money the man owed him a hundred silver coins and he said pay me now the man did not have the money and the man fell to his knees. He began to beg, would you give me some more time? Give me some more time. And the man who was forgiven by the king said, no, 
You have no more time. And he threw the man into the prison. The king heard about what this man did. He called the man back into his presence. He said, how could you? I forgave you of so much. And you cannot forgive him so little. And from this story that Jesus tells, we learn why we need to forgive. And from this story, I want to give you three reasons why we should forgive. Three reasons why we should forgive from this story in Matthew 18. And the, and the first reason from this story is because God has forgiven me. God has forgiven you. It says in this story in Matthew 18, verse 33, the king says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in this story, the, the, the servant's master, he took pity on him. He canceled the debt. He let him go free. And this was a huge gift of grace and forgiveness because 100 to 10,000 bags of gold was millions of dollars. Some say around $12 million. And friends, how many know $12 million is a whole lot of forgiveness? But that's nothing compared to how much God has forgiven you and me. The truth is we owe God an awful lot. We owe God so much that we could never repay it. Our sin debt, all of our mistakes, all of our junk, all of our baggage, all of our sin adds up to way more than $12 million. And the good news is this, the gospel is this, that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, God cancels our debt. He wipes our slate clean. Our sins are forgiven completely. That's the good news. But here's the clincher. Here's what you can't miss. God expects us to do for others what he has done for us. God says, pass it on. Pass it on. I want you to think about this. How would you feel if all of a sudden someone came up to you and said, I am wiping out all of your debts. And they paid off every single one of your debts. You had no more mortgage payment, no more car payments, mm. no more credit card payments, no more student loans. Woo. I mean, you'd be so excited. You'd be elated. You'd be happy. Somebody break out moonwalk. I mean, you'd be happy. You'd be excited. Then hopefully you'd take some of that happiness and some of that, some of that generosity that was offered to you and then you would pass it on to someone else. And it's the same way with forgiveness. God has forgiven us so, so, so much and we have to pass on the blessing of forgiveness to others. Ephesians says it like this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Here it goes. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. So the way you let go of the hurt, the way you let go of the pain, the way you let go of the bitterness from other people hurting you is first you have to realize how much God has forgiven you. You have to remember you have been forgiven of so, so much and you will never have to forgive anybody more than God has forgiven you. 
And Jesus has an encounter with this lady in Luke chapter number seven. She was a sinful woman. She began to wash Jesus' feet with an expensive bottle of perfume. A disciple began to complain about what she was doing. And Jesus said this in Luke 7 and verse 40, 47. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Those who are forgiven much, the scripture says, love much. They forgive much. They praise much. And is there anybody else in the house or at any other of our locations who have been forgiven a whole lot of sins except for me? Come on, anybody? Come on, anybody? Anybody could join the club? Some of you are lying in church. Anybody? been forgiven of a whole lot of sin in this place today. God has forgiven you of a whole lot. Come on, if you're honest today, some of you ought to be dead with all the crazy stuff that you did. Some of you ought to have lost your mind, all the drugs and stuff that you did. Come on, some of you today, we can't even talk about in a Sunday sermon all that you did. It can't, it can't even be talked about in public. Come on, some of the stuff that we did, we don't want to let anybody else know. We tell half our testimony because some of that stuff, we don't want to bring up to anybody at any time and God has forgiven us and we got to thank God for forgiveness and for grace and for mercy. Come on, let's take a five second praise break and let's thank God for mercy. Let's thank God for grace. Let's thank God for the blood. Let's thank God for forgiveness. Let's thank God that he covers us. Let's thank God that he forgot all of our sins and forgiven us of everything we've ever done wrong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. And then Jesus says, pass it on. Don't just praise me. Pass it on. Number two is this. There's a, a second reason that we forgive as we dive into this story. Number two is this. Resentment makes me miserable. Resentment always hurts you more than it does the other person. It makes you the victim. And some of you are allowing the people who hurt you in the past to still hurt you in the present because you won't forgive. And when you think about this, it's really, it's silly. It's really goofy when you think about it. They can only hurt you if you choose to continue to hold on to the hurt and to hold on to the resentment. You have to understand this, it's your choice. You can let it go. I told you this last week. Forgiveness is, a, is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. So I want to encourage you, let it go, not for their sake, for your sake. For your own good. Not because they deserve it, but because resentment will make you miserable. It's like drinking poison and then hoping they die. It's like turning a shotgun on yourself and pulling the trigger and hoping the bullet hits them. It always hurts you. And let me tell you something. The people who hurt you so deeply, they've gone on with life. They're having a great time. They're not thinking about you. They're laughing, enjoying life. And, and yet you are letting them continue to hurt you. And in this story in the book of Matthew, chapter number 18, the man who was forgiven millions 
would not extend forgiveness. He would not let go of the past. And I want you to listen to what the Bible says about this man in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 33. It says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you, the king says. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers, jailers to be tortured. Come on, at all of our locations, everybody shout, tortured. tortured. When he catch that, to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. The man was tortured because he would not forgive others. And what Jesus is teaching us is that resentment will torture your life. During 20, my 27 years of preaching the gospel, I have encountered and talked to thousands upon thousands of people and nothing will mess you up like unforgiveness. Nothing will mess up your life more than bitterness and resentment. It is a cancer that will eat you alive. If you don't let it go, it will mess up your entire life. Resentment and bitterness will rob you of peace. It'll rob you of joy. It'll rob you of, of, of happiness. Bitterness and resentment, let me tell you what it will do. It will mess you up physically, emotionally, mentally. It'll mess up your relationships. It will mess up your life. Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. That no bitter root, the root of it, the bitter, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. People's church, what bitter root of resentment and unforgiveness is growing in your life? Maybe it's the blaming root. You have the blaming root going on and who are you blaming for your unhappiness? If it wasn't for so-and-so, I'd be happy with my life. If this didn't happen to me because of them, things would be terrific. If I didn't have parents like that or a husband or wife like that or a boss like that, if I, th then things would be so much better. Who are you blaming and who do you need to forgive and let it go? Maybe it's not the blaming route for some of you. It's the collecting debt route, the collecting debt route. Some of you are collecting debts and adding score and, and then you're even adding interest onto the debt. Some of you are just calculating. You just, you got a scorecard and you're adding up every good thing and every bad thing some pe that people do to you. And then you're trying to balance it all out. You, you're, you're keeping a record of wrong and it's eating you alive on the inside. You gotta forgive you, you gotta let it go. Bitterness and love cannot live together in the same heart. And each day you have to decide which one gets to stay. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse five says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not have a scorecard. Love does not add up the good and the bad and add debt and end. Love does not do that. It lets it go. Choose love, forgive, let it go. For some of you, it's the behavior route. It's not the collecting debt route. It's not the blaming route. It's the behavior route. And, and do you ever find yourself here? Have you ever found yourself Reacting to someone else because they remind you of somebody else. 
and you're going off on them because they remind you remind me of my daddy you remind me of my mama you remind me of my brother you remind me of my sister you remind me of my uncle you remind me of my aunt you just like my ex you just like my ex-boss I'm gonna let you have it and you've never settled the issues of the past and now you're taking all of that junk and all of those feelings and all of that hurt and all of that anger and all of that resentment and now you're lashing out on other people and it's damaging your relationships. Choose to get better instead of bitter because you can't be both at the same time. Either you're going to get better or either you're going to be bitter. And if you get better, it will mess up your life. It'll mess up your relationships. Let me tell you what bitterness will do. Check it out on the screen. Bitterness imprisons life. Love releases it. Bitterness paralyzes life. Love empowers it. Bitterness, let me tell you what it will do. It will sour your life and love sweetens it. Bitterness sickens life. Love heals it. Bitterness blinds life. Love opens its eyes. You got to forgive and let it go. Number three is this. I want you to see a, a third thing from this text on why we should forgive. Number three, number three, here it goes. I'm going to need forgiveness again. I'm going to need forgiveness again. We need to forgive because we will need forgiveness today, tomorrow, the day after that, the day after that, the day after that, the year after that, the year after that one, the year after that one. We're going to need forgiveness. Here's how the scripture says it in this story in Matthew 18 and verse 35. It says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. And Jesus teaches us that we cannot receive what we're unwilling to give. If you want to receive forgiveness, you have to be willing to give forgiveness. That's the equation. That's actually the biblical formula. One day, a man walked up to John Wesley and he told John Wesley this. Here's what he said to him. I can never forgive that man. And John Wesley said, then I hope you never sin. Because forgiveness is a two-way street. Don't burn down the bridge that you need to cross over. See, what you give out is what you'll get back. You must ask for forgiveness. You must accept forgiveness. And you must offer forgiveness. Forgiveness is the hallmark of the Christian faith. We receive it and we give it. We accept it and we offer it. It's what being a Christian is all about. Forgiveness, the hallmark of the Christian faith. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Jesus says forgiveness is a two-way street. You have to give it if you want to receive it. Mark chapter number 11 and verse 25, Jesus said, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, you're holding resentment, you're holding bitterness in your heart, you're holding, holding malice in your heart towards anyone. He says, forgive them. Why? So that your father in heaven may forgive your sins because forgiveness 
is a two-way street. And some of you are thinking, okay, pastor, how do I forgive? How do I forgive someone that hurt me deeply? I mean, pastor, this was a little hurt. They deeply hurt me. They wounded me. How do I forgive them? Let me teach you how. Number one is this, release the person entirely. Just release them. Release the person entirely. Remember, forgiveness is a choice, not an emotion. When you release the person, you're saying, we're even. I'm calling it even. I release the right for payment. I release the right for revenge. Romans chapter 12 and verse 17 says, never repay evil for evil. Listen, I got to release it. I'm going to release it because either you're going to release it or you're going to rehearse it. You can either release it and be free or you can rehearse it and live in a prison of pain. You say, Pastor, how do I release people? Help me. I want to release it. It's, it's, it's burdening my heart. How do I release people? Let me teach you. Determine what they owe you. I want you to do that. Just determine what they owe you. Uh, I, I want you to get a piece of paper out today. And I want you to determine what people owe you. What do you want from them? And be specific. I mean, I want you just to write it down and just be specific. He owes me an apology. Just write it down. She owes me an explanation. I don't know why she did that. Just, just write it. Just write it down. He owes me respect. Just write it down. Abused me. Took away my innocence. You owe me my innocence back. Just write it down. I, I, my, my daddy wasn't there. My mama wasn't there for me. They, they were so busy working and too busy chasing their own dreams. They weren't even there to tuck me in bed. And I, they, 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 were, they were never there for me. Mm, yes, I remember my ex-roommate owes me $1,500. I know you were stealing. I know you was taking my stuff. I know you were. You owe me. Dirty dog. I'm just writing that down right there. Just write it down. Just write it down. A drunk driver hit my grandmother's car, killed my grandmother. You owe me my grandmother back. Just, just write. And sometimes when you start doing this exercise, for some of you, it's going to be small stuff that's eating you alive. It's going to be such small, but just be, just write, just be honest and, and just write it down and be specific. And then, then what I want you to do, here's what I want you to do next. Cancel their debt. Cancel their debt. So, so forgiveness releases a legitimate debt. And when you cancel a debt, here's what you're saying. You're, you're saying, I let go of my right to hurt you. I let go of my right to get even with you. I let go of my right to seek revenge. I let go of my right for wanting you to get hurt. I let go of my right to try to, to trying to hurt and, and manipulate and manipulate you in the future. I just let go of my right. I'm canceling the debt. And when you cancel the debt, you know what you decide? You've decided this may never be made right in the way that I think it should be made right. But I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let it go. And let me tell you something about forgiving somebody. It's costly. It's costly to forgive. It's not easy. It'll cost you to forgive people. It costs God his son. It costs Jesus his life. It'll cost you your pride. It'll cost you your will. It'll cost you your desire to want to get even, your desire to want to be right, your desire to want to lash out. It will cost you, but it's so worth it doing it God's way instead of our way. Because to forgive someone is to set that prisoner free and then to realize that that prisoner was actually yourself. Forgive. 
Cancel the debt. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying, write it all down. And then 10 or 15 minutes later, some of you might need a day. I know some of you like that. You're like, I didn't know. That's too quick, Pastor. I want to look at this for a while. <laughs> you look at it for a while then. All right. And then I want you to say, you know what? I forgive them. They don't owe me anymore. I'm going to stop bringing it up. I'm going to stop expecting an apology. I'm going to quit wishing you would die. I cancel the debt and let you go. Number two, number two, number two. How, how do you forgive someone who hurt you? First, release the person entirely. Number two, recognize God's purpose in the process. Recognize God's purpose in the process. Listen to me, people's church. God has a purpose for your pain. But you will never see God's purpose in your pain and in your hurt unless you forgive and release it to God. Let me give you an example of this in the book of Genesis this is about Joseph. His, his brothers sold him into slavery. His brothers wanted to kill him. And Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19 says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God, I like those two words. I, I know somebody who wrote a book called that, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And because Joseph released the pain of his brothers to God, because Joseph said, I'm giving this bitterness, I'm giving this resentment, I'm giving this anger to God, God took all of the bad and used it for his good. That's what God will do. But people's church, you will never experience all the good that can come from all the bad. Until you release the bad to God and then begin to recognize that God will bring good out of the bad. If you will release your hurt to God, if you will forgive, God will use the pain for your good. God has a purpose in the process if you will surrender it all to God. Recognize there's a purpose in the process. Number three is this. How do you forgive? How do you forgive? How do you forgive? Number three, reestablish as much as possible. Reestablish as much as possible. We learned last week that forgiveness and reconciliation are not one and the same. So we have to forgive every time, but reconciliation is a maybe. Now, Tiffany and I, we have moments that we we fight and argue. Really, we, at pastor's home, they're called intense moments of fellowship. And we have intense moments of fellowship from time to time. And, but we always reconcile. I've told you before, Tiffany leaves me, I'm going with her. Where are you going? Let's go together. We're, 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 we always reconcile. But reconciliation is not always possible. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, those first four words matter if it is possible. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, you do what you can do to reestablish relationships. If it's possible, and it's not always possible, and it's not always beneficial, and that's okay. If reconciling with someone puts you in a position of harm or abuse, don't do it. 
God never says we have to reconcile, but he says we have to forgive. So be wise about it and do what you can do to live at peace with everyone. Number four is this. Number four, pastor, how do I forgive? How do I forgive? Number four, this is big. This is big. Number four is this. Repeat the process. Repeat the process. You will have to forgive other people over and over again. You'll have to forgive the same people over and over again. You will have to forgive new people over and over again. And there will be some situations that will hurt you to your core. And the feelings will come up over and over again. And you have to forgive over and over again. Repeat the process. Release the person entirely. Recognize God's purpose in the process. Reestablish as much as possible. Repeat it over and over and over again. And I will take you back to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but over and 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 over. Forgiveness is a lifestyle, not an event. Forgiveness is a lifestyle, not a moment. It must be continual. It must be constant. Repeat the process. And some of you today need to forgive someone who has deeply hurt you. Decide today that you're going to stop drinking the poison of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of resentment. Because it's not hurting them. It's hurting you.